0: Welcome, everyone, to the Ready for the Draft podcast. I am your host, Greg shoots This is episode eight of the 2022 podcast series, where we take a look at the draft-eligible prospects and get you ready for the NFL draft. And I know it's not set to begin until April 2022 in Las Vegas, Nevada, but it's never too early to start talking about the draft. And I know it's been a few weeks since I've released the last podcast. We're almost to the end of September, but really needed to spend some time with the family. Now I'm back ready to go ahead and deliver some more podcasts to you. So we're going to jump right into things. Now, we left off going over the top 10 by position. So we're going to pick up where we left off. Last podcast, we talked about the defensive line. We're going to get into the linebackers. We're going to start on the outside, talk about those 3-4 edge rushers coming off the edge there, along with the off-ball linebackers, the Sams and Mikes in the, in the uh, 4-3 defense. Then we're going to move inside, those inside linebackers, the Mikes. We'll talk about all of that as well. But uh, we've got a lot of games to get through uh, over the last three weeks of the season that we haven't really had a chance to talk about. And I know that we've got plenty of time to make up for some of what we watched over the last three weeks. And uh, But I'm going to do my best to try to make it through and really kind of point out some of the guys that we really need to start paying attention to over the first few weeks of the season. Now I'll tell you what, the first guy that really stood out to me watching UCLA play was Zach Charbonnet and UCLA, everyone really he forced everyone to take notice, watching them against Hawaii, and then again against LSU, this was a guy who the physicality was really impressive coming downhill, but it was really the footwork his ability to uh, you know, the suddenness, especially with the lateral quickness, didn't really see that a ton at Michigan, really because they had a stable of running backs, and he really didn't get much of his shot there uh, with the Wolverines, going to the Bruins, he is sharing the backfield with Britton Brown, but what you like there with UCLA is they're actually allowing him to really do a lot there with the football and uh, he's, it's really showing there for the Bruins now the, the linebacker and a guy that we're going to be talking about he's actually a defensive end there for UCLA but he's going to be playing linebacker at the next level and that's Mitchell Agude. guy that people aren't talking about, but he's a guy to keep an eye out for. Uh, 6'4", 245 pounds. We'll talk about him more later when we get into the linebackers, but definitely a guy to be on the lookout for and watch out for for sure. We've already mentioned uh, Southern Utah's left tackle Braxton Lewis, a name that you need to know, 6'7", 310 pounds. What he did against Cade Hall there against San, uh, San Jose State what was tremendous, also got to play against Arizona State. This guy looks like a legit uh, left tackle and a guy that I think could potentially work his way into day two consideration, Um, hoping that he'll get an invite there to the combine and really be able to show off what he can do. Um, you know, as we work through the season, um, I'll tell you what, Minnesota, when you got to watch Daniel Fa'alele go up against Ohio State, that dude is big. He's physical. He's definitely a day two prospect, even though he's 6'9 and uh, and close to 400 pounds. Obviously, the weight's going to be an issue, but man, that guy is just so massive. And when you think of guys like Orlando Brown Jr. and, uh, and Phil Loadholt, guys like that, those are the guys that come to mind for me, and they may not test very well. But remember Daniel Fa'alele when we get into the draft uh, conversation. He's a guy to watch out for. Uh, North Carolina going down to Virginia Tech early in the season. And I'll tell you what, Amare Barno really put his name on the map everyone in the draft community already talking about him but that was a guy i thought he was explosive uh coming after the passer really giving sam howell a hard time but i really love what he get, did against the run being able to work his way outside to the perimeter setting a nice edge against the run and just making sure that he's keeping contain and um, you know a guy that was able to make some plays in the open field as well amari barno another name to get to know um michigan state can we talk about what the spartans are doing there in big 10 play my goodness, Kenneth Walker III, the transfer from Wake Forest, has been a revelation for, for Mel Tucker. And uh, I'll tell you what, Coach Tucker has to be excited uh, because now they have some balance to their offense. Uh, you know, Jaden Reed, Jalen Naylor, Trey uh, Mosley showing off some of their skills there at the receiver position because they're no longer a one-trick pony. They've got a really solid running game. And Kenneth Walker, he's showing the explosiveness, showing the vision, the lateral cuts and a guy who can make plays down the football field. I mean, look, against Northwestern, 264 yards and four touchdowns, you thought, well, maybe it's a fluke, shows up against Miami and runs all over the hurricane defense as well. Kenneth Walker is a guy that everyone's going to be talking about if they haven't done so yet. Um, make sure that you watch Sparty and keep an eye out for Kenneth Walker. He's one of those names that you have to know uh, as we get closer and closer to draft day. Michigan. You know, that, that's a team that's looking to be for real. You know, they could challenge Ohio State. Ohio State looks a little bit vulnerable. We'll talk about him uh, them here in a second. Aiden Hutchinson, I'll tell you what, he and George Karloft is two big uh, – physical defensive ends who are just extremely athletic. The Big Ten really you know those are two guys that I think could end up working their way into the top ten uh, just because of their athleticism, their ability to get after the quarterback, their ability to hold the point against the run. Very very athletic guys. And I'll tell you what, Daxton Hill is showing to be the real deal there at the safety position. Guy to keep an eye out for. Really feel bad for Ronnie Bell though. Uh, the, the knee injury I believe he went down in the Western Michigan game um, had a 78 yard touchdown there um, against the Bronx goes he will be sorely missed he was a guy that was really showing off uh some of his receiver skills and the speed somebody to really take notice of um penn state you know we're talking about linebackers today and they've got a stable of linebackers um that's really the the heartbeat of of that defense them and and jaquan brisker who's looking to be uh possibly one of the top two or three safeties coming off the board i love what he can do against the run i love his ability over the top his physicality he'll come up and hit you A lot of fun to watch there. Uh, You know, Penn State, I love what they did against Wisconsin. Then they go in and beat Auburn. Um, Arnold uh, Ebechetti is another guy coming off the edge. It just seems like Penn State right now producing edge rusher after edge rusher. They get the transfer from Temple. We'll talk about him here in a little while. Um, You know, Oklahoma... Struggled against Tulane, only a seven-point win against Nebraska. You know, Spencer Rattler, look, he started off slow last season, and then by the end of the year, he was really picking things up and really getting into a groove. That's really what you're expecting to see there. Um, you know, he's got a, you know, there's no shortage of talent there on, on the offensive side of the football. Defensively, uh, you know, I, I think Nick Benito, will be talking about him here in a minute. Um, He's another guy that can get after the quarterback. You got Isaiah Thomas and Perrion Winfrey up front, guys who can be off the board in the first two days of the draft. Guys to keep an eye out for, for sure. Uh, Maryland, Dante Dimas is showing to be a a receiver that you have to be taking notice of, a guy that should come off the board in the first two rounds of the draft, likely a second-round pick. You know, And nice win there against West Virginia. Uh, West Virginia, obviously, was able to take down Virginia Tech. Um, Bama. I'll tell you what, they looked strong against Miami. Everyone was thinking Bama was going to be the team that's going to show up, and it's Bama versus everybody else. But Florida really showed off uh, an ability to to make Alabama a little bit more vulnerable. You know, they. I thought there there were moments where Dan Mullen really was out coaching uh, the the Bama defense and the defensive coordinator Paul Golding. And uh, you know, with Bama. I'll tell you what, their top receiver, it's not John Mechie, it's Jamison Williams, a guy who just showing off that explosiveness, uh, the transfer from Ohio State. Evan Neal, look, he, he had some battles with, with Zachary Carter, but still showing that he, he's a top-five pick, uh, just excellent movement skills for a guy his size, 6'7", 340 pounds. Um, Will Anderson, not eligible for this year's draft, only a sophomore, but man, the excitement is is real with this guy. Virtually unblockable, even against Florida, Seven tackles, three and a half going for loss. Just, you know, the instincts, the the bend, uh, his, you know, the speed to power. He can do a little bit of everything. Um, we'll talk about Christian Harris and Henry Toto um, You know, I, I think they're a little overrated right now from my liking. Um, so... We'll get into why that is here in just a minute. I'll tell you what, Kair Elam, though, looks to be the real deal there at the cornerback position. I think he'll end up being a first-round pick. Um, Talked about Miami. They've had their struggles, or one and two on the year. Zion Nelson, the left tackle, it hasn't been because of him. Um, you know, I, I think he's been very athletic on the edge. One of the things that he gets in, in trouble with is the hands aren't always matching the feet. You get a little bit sloppy with technique, but there's no doubt that he is a tremendous athlete there at that left tackle position for the Canes. Um, as we continue to move through the, the, the season so far, uh, we talked about um, Dra- let's talk about Drake London. You know, we've talked about him previously as, as a top three receiver in my book, and I'll tell you what, he's been absolutely dominant. Um, you know, Keaton Slovis really didn't distribute the ball to anybody else but Drake London. And uh, it was kind of nice to see Jackson Dart come in for in relief of, uh, of Keaton Slovis there against Washington State. And, uh, you know, Jackson Dart himself now down with the meniscus tear. And uh, so Keaton Slovis is going to be taking over. But uh, Drake London, look, 13 catches, 170 yards, two touchdowns against Wake, uh, uh, Washington State. And uh, that was up in the Palouse, in Pullman, Washington, Martin Stadium, and uh, he's big, he's physical, not the most technically sound route runner by any means, but uh, and a guy that I don't think is necessarily going to win with his, his speed, but what you do have is just a physical specimen. This is a guy, he's, he's big, he's physical, uh, attacks the football in the air, very hard to bring down as well. He's a guy to keep an eye out for, and if he can start working on that route tree a little bit there at USC, you know I think there are big things that we could be seeing there out of Drake London. Potential first-round pick there at the wide receiver position. Uh, their outside linebacker, Drake Jackson, kind of an up-and-down season. We'll talk about him. I think his stock is on the rise now that Dante Williams is taking over as head coach. Um, mentioned George Karloff is there at Purdue. Um, you know, a guy who's just fun to watch. If you haven't gotten a chance to watch him, definitely tune in and do so. Uh, Demarvin Leal, look, you know, he can play uh, a five technique if you want him to. He'll he'll line up um, as a three technique in a 43 defense. He's the guy that is explosive. The power in his hands is real, and uh, he's definitely looking at like a guy who could end up coming off the board in round number one. Georgia. Look, we talked about Penn State and their stable of linebackers. Georgia has the exact same thing. They've got three or four linebackers there that are gonna get drafted high. But I am the guy that's just so much fun to watch is is uh, Jordan Davis, a guy who is 6'6, 340 pounds, and I swear the guy probably could run a, a sub-540. He's so quick, so athletic coming off the football, the power in his hands as well to drive his man off the ball. But half the time he's beating guys off the line and shooting into the backfield. And the thing with it too is he, he, he plays with a lot of effort and a lot of intensity, and you love that out of a guy on that defensive line. Um, one of the more athletic big men I've seen in quite some time. I think he's a guy, you know, if, if teams aren't going after him, they should be. Now, Clemson uh, you know, against Georgia, they, they look pedestrian. Uh, they, they struggled there against Georgia Tech. I know there was the weather delay, but still, DJ Uyangalele really struggling to get things going. Um, you know, I, I like what uh, Joseph Engata has been able to do, showing off that size, um, and I, I love the route running ability. Justin Ross is slowly bringing you know coming along, but really, it's that offensive line. You know, that's one of the the bugaboos there for ti- the the Tigers. Uh, offensively, they really need to get that offensive line shored up. But I'll tell you what, defensively, they're a lot of fun to watch. You got Miles—I'm uh, sorry, uh, you know—Miles Murphy and, and Brian they there up front. Brian Brisee is going to be a guy we're going to be talking about as a top ten pick. The, the guy is so athletic up front, and then has tremendous power in the, in those hands. Andrew Booth is going to be a cornerback that we'll be talking about in next podcast. Uh, one of the better uh, corners in this year's draft. Um, you know, Keishan Boutte, I'll tell you what, you know, that's another guy who at the receiver position looks to be the real deal and uh, a guy who uh, needs to be on everybody's radar sooner rather than later. Um, Iowa, look, you know, Tyler Goodson showing off, you know, as, as one of the better running backs there coming in out of the uh, the, the Big Ten, Tyler Linderbaum, the athleticism there at the pivot. He's definitely a guy that I think could potentially solidify himself as a uh as a possible first rounder. You see some of the the centers that are coming along. I was actually surprised that we didn't see Creed Humphrey or Josh Myers or Landon Dickerson come off the board in round number one. Um I think Tyler Linderbaum um, is the real deal, and there's a chance that we could see him come off the board in round one. Iowa as well, you know, Riley Moss with two pick sixes against Indiana. They've got some legit corners there on the outside. Um you look at at Notre Dame, some struggles up front on the offensive line. I loved having the dump truck came Madden getting uh, coming over from Marshall, the, the grad transfer. Um, you know, Kyron Williams looks to be you know legit. Uh, even if he's not running the football well between the tackles, a guy that that could be a factor in the passing game. A lot of fun to watch there. Jermaine Johnson, he's playing defensive end for Florida State. I think he'll be a linebacker at the next level. Had seven tackles, one and a half sacks, couple of tackles for loss there against Notre Dame. He's a guy that I think just outside my linebacker top 10, but a guy that you definitely need to know about. Ohio State, Against Oregon, I'll tell you what Oregon kept running the same run play over and over and over again, and uh, it kept working. You know, it, it really concerns you. You know, there's uh, inexperience there at the linebacker position and in the secondary. I, I think Ohio State was was vastly overrated. I think their offense is high-powered. C.J. Stroud um, injured won't be playing against Akron, but um, you know, it, I don't think it's necessarily obviously isn't going to matter against the Zips. But uh, no offense to, to Akron, but um you know garrett wilson chris olave both look as advertised jackson smith and jigba also, looking at, at like a fluid athlete. Look, seven catches, 145 yards, two touchdowns against Oregon. Olave and Wilson also going over 100 yards in the game. I love Nicholas Petit Ferrer moving to left tackle. I thought Thayer Munford, you know, uh, was a little heavy footed and, uh, you know, struggled a little bit with, with the speed. And so I love Petit Ferrer moving to left tackle. Thayer Munford, though, even at the guard position, he's been struggling a little bit, I think, with, uh, with the footwork Um, in pass protection does a better job uh, against the run but i'll tell you what the the disappointments have been uh you know zach harrison and and tyreek smith the the edge rushers that everybody's high on and yes they they are um you know big recruits that came to ohio state and there are flashes but they're just not producing the way that you would expect cj verdell he's shooting up draft boards showcasing the the hands the speed as well being able to to run away from defenses He's a guy that I think is definitely moving up those draft boards. And then in the secondary there for the Ducks, Varone McKinley. Look, this was a dude, you know, that seemed to be everywhere there against Ohio State. He and, uh, you know, uh, Michael Wright going up against, uh, uh, or I'm sorry, Michael Wright going up against Chris Olave. Um, it was really a battle, really a lot of fun to watch there. You really didn't see Chris Olave separate too much from uh, from Michael Wright. He's another guy that we have to be talking about as we move forward. Um, I loved what Iowa did against Iowa State. Really uh, neutralized Brees Hall a little bit. Um, Hall just was 69 uh, yards on the ground in that game. Did have five receptions, showed off some hands. Lost a fumble, though, so you worry a little bit um, you know, about ball security. Um, Will McDonald. I didn't have him in my defensive ends. I thought that he was going to be more of an outside linebacker in a 34 defense, but uh, watching him there against Iowa, look, had a, had a one and a half sacks. I really liked what he was able to do against uh, you know the, the tackles there. Mason Richmond, Nick DeJong, um, even Jack Plum got in there a little bit. And uh, the, the physicality, the power, he looks a lot bigger than he was uh, a season ago. I think he can actually... Uh, be a defensive end in a 4-3 defense play with his hand in the dirt um, so I, I wanted to make sure that I at least mentioned that because I didn't get a chance to talk about him previously. Um, I, I thought Jackson Kirkland uh, got whooped by, by Aiden Hutchinson you know he's, he's very athletic uh, as a left tackle but I, I think he reminds me a lot of Sam, Samuel Cosme in that he's he's more of a uh, finesse tackle you know not a whole lot of power to him you look at his legs he's got some smaller legs as well. Um, and I thought Aiden Hutchinson, you know, showcased speed, showcased power, and, uh, was able really to, to get around him at will. Um, and that's why Michigan, you know, big reason why Michigan struggled. And, uh, I'm sorry, Michigan, um, you know, pounded the, the Huskies, why the Huskies struggled. Um, you know, he's, he's definitely a guy that, uh, I think hurt his draft stock a little bit because that was a, a showcase game for him. Um, you know, I, I think Trent McDuffie, um, uh, had a solid game in that in that contest. He and then Edifuan uh, Olofosio uh, had 13 tackles and a tackle for loss against the Wolverines. I think his stock is moving up a little bit as well. Um, as we continue moving through the season. Uh, Cincinnati taking on Indiana. Indiana had the, the Bearcats on the ropes. Desmond Ritter really struggled with accuracy. Um, I thought the athleticism obviously was on display. That's one of the things that you definitely see with Ritter. But you know the, the accuracy and and just you know, making some poor decisions at times, throwing into coverage, um, struggled there at times there against Indiana. But Indiana really fell apart when their, their heart and soul of their defense, Micah McFadden, went out to a targeting penalty. Um, you know that's really what hurt them but I'll tell you what Ryder Anderson I love him that transfer that came in from uh, you know from Ole Miss he's a guy that can kick you know come off off the edge there Um, had seven tackles a sack and a a tackle and a half for loss uh, there against Cincinnati he's a lot of fun to watch and then Darian Beavers uh, you know is he a defensive end is he a linebacker I think he'll end up being a linebacker he reminds me a lot of Zavin Collins and a guy that has that at speed um, can, can run sideline to sideline can do a lot of things there um, I, I think Darian Beavers is one of those guys that's going to be moving up draft boards and uh, you know one of the uh, receivers that I thought you know I, I was putting him into my top 10 Ty Fry Fogel, some of the performances there in the big 10 uh, I, I thought were, were tremendous but I'll tell you what, you know, Sauce Gardner, Kobe Bryant really shut him down. And, you know, I think it speaks to the, the athleticism and the play there of Gardner and Bryant. Um, you know, but Freifogel, really, I, I think his draft stock took a hit. That was a showcase game for him, and it just didn't really pan out for him. Um, you know, Will Mallory, expecting a little bit more out of him there um, at Miami. Not really seeing a whole lot in terms of, uh, of his game. Um, so I, I think in terms of that tight end group, you know, that's a, a chance for him to make a statement and really kind of missed out on that. Um, continuing moving through um, Mississippi State, you know, they ended up losing that heartbreaker there against Memphis. Um, watched Charles Cross, and uh, there, there were times where he was beaten where his hands uh, got a little bit outside and would, would, would lose his blocks. But when he got it, shot his hands inside, when he was playing with leverage, being able to, to keep his, his pad level low, and, and bend at the knee. He was able to mirror his man, take off those, you know, cut off those secondary moves. And uh, I think Charles Cross, as that game went along against Memphis, really showed why a lot of people are excited about his play. Um, you know, and then finally, you know, we, we get in into uh, you know Auburn. You know, yes, they lost to Penn State. You know, 28-20 in that heartbreaker. Um, you know, Brisker. With the pass breakup there, at, uh, right around the goal line, uh, again the instincts show, show uh, showing up there. But I'll tell you what, Tank Bigsby, that running back, he's he's a guy. He's powerful. He runs you know runs hard between the tackles. Uh, a guy that's just so difficult to bring down. Really love watching him play. And then they've got a couple of linebackers there, in Owen Papo and and McLean. Um, you know, very athletic, uh, McLean, another guy that went, went out due to a, a, a targeting penalty. I think that hurt Auburn a little bit there with some of the leadership in that, that linebacking core Roger McCreary though, looks to be legit and be the real deal. Um, there at, uh, at the corner position for the tigers, Oklahoma, State. I said that we were done, but, uh, Oklahoma state Boise state, a couple of safeties in, in that game. Um, to, to really make mention of Colby Harvell Peel JL Skinner. Look, Skinner had 10 tackles, two and a half going for loss, a pass breakup, a fumble recovery. He's a big physical safety. Harvell Peel's converted linebacker. Two guys that I think could really surprise. Khalil Shakir continues to come along as a receiver and a guy that I think we could be talking about as a you know as a either a late third round, fourth round consideration at that receiver position. And then uh, Arizona State, you know, Jalen uh, Jaden Daniels. I thought, you know, you saw some some decent um, accuracy overall in the short to intermediate game. Did throw a couple of picks in that contest. Um, But Rashad White, you know, had, had nine catches on the day, uh, showed off tremendous hands in in that losing effort there to the Cougars, uh, losing 27-17 to in Provo Um, but the the hands to go along with the burst downhill um, and actually shows off some decent footwork as well, I think that definitely has helped his draft stock Uh, but Merlin Robertson, and he's one of those guys at that linebacker position uh, had a pick and, and I thought he had a chance to go the distance but man, he looked slow he looked really slow. Ran sixty yards. Wound up getting caught from behind. He just did not look very fast going down the sideline. You know, and that's one of the things that's a little concerning to me. One other linebacker who's just outside the the group that I'm going to be talking about, Peyton Wilgar. Six tackles. Uh, you know, one going for loss, pass breakup. A guy who is is really adept at getting to the quarterback, coming off the edge, bends pretty well. Uh, pretty stout against the run can set the edge a little bit there um, and then gets his hand into passing lanes you know he was able to knock one of those passes down there against uh, Arizona State and then finally how about that UCLA Fresno State game game that just went back and forth you know Fresno State was up at half up big UCLA comes roaring back about Dorian Thompson Robinson really struggled in that game you know you, you see that I just don't see him being a draftable prospect. He's a tremendous athlete, but just not a quarterback. Uh, But on the flip side, Fresno State's quarterback, Jake Hayner, really showed off the toughness at that quarterback position. Got beat up in that game. I mean, just took hit after hit after hit. And, uh, you know, you could see him in pain as he was trying to throw some of those balls down the field and uh, ends up throwing a touchdown, I believe, with 14 seconds left in the game. Really a gamer and one of those guys to where I think there's some physical limitations to the guy, but I think he'll end up getting a shot, likely as a um, as a priority free agent. But you know, still a guy to keep an eye out for. Those Bulldogs, you know, they they just uh, you know got edged out by the Ducks. They're for real, man. They they're really showing that this team is for real. Ronnie Rivers, one other guy to mention there for Fresno State. He, he's kind of a shorter back. You know, he's only I believe about 5'8", eight. But you know he gets lost behind the the defenders. Tremendous with his hands out of the backfield as well. Uh, Fresno State, keep an eye out for him because you know that's a team that uh, is you know again they only lost by seven to Oregon and uh, a team that's going to be definitely there on the rise in the Mountain West. A team to be on the lookout for for sure. So got through. 3 weeks of action here in I guess what about 15 20 minutes um you know obviously there's a lot more to cover more detail to get into but those were some of my observations throughout the first 3 weeks of the season and uh, obviously we've got some some great games coming into uh, the, the the last weekend here of September um I'm looking forward to it but you know what I want to do is transition now to that linebacker position and let's really talk about my top ten. We're gonna start with that outside linebacker position, and I'll tell you what: the first first four or five guys are all edge rushers. Because look, you know you can find guys uh, in that off ball linebacker position, but guys that are getting after the quarterback that's where the money's being made, and that's you know it's rare to find guys that can really get after the quarterback. Drake Jackson's a guy. Look, you know, if you look at the stats, just eight and a, eight and a half sacks in his career, but look, 19, and a half, 19 tackles for loss. Um, and, and you see the athleticism. Um, if you turned on that San Jose State game, what you saw there was a the guy that was able to, he, he showed showed rush, was able to kind of contort his body and, and be able to, to pick off the pass there uh, against San Jose State. Really fooled um, you know, Nick Starkle there, the quarterback for the Spartans. Um, just read that screen coming across the middle, dropped into that passing lane, had a decent return as well. Very light on his feet. Dynamic change of direction to re- redirect uh, retrace the steps to pick off the pass. That was one of the things that was impressive. And then you saw a spin move after the catch as well. Um, but Drake Jackson, I, I thought, was being misused. Uh, you know, he was playing a lot more off the line of scrimmage. You know, wanting to drop him into coverage a little bit more. And, and what you really saw was a lot of. You know, as a result, you saw a lot of bull rush. You know, against Stanford, he, he struggled um, against Walter Rouse, the left tackle, was getting stuffed left and right there you know when he was able to get the the quick jump it was usually against that right tackle able to dip get under that pad level rip through and then flatten out in a hurry to get to the quarterback but you didn't see that consistently and you really wanted to see him affect the game a little bit more you saw that against Washington State once he was able to uh you know really get turned loose you saw the speed rush Uses those hands to slap the left tackle's hands away and then turns that corner, flattens out, gets a huge hit on the quarterback, sack fumble in the end zone, recovered by Tuli Tui Pelotu for a touchdown. Huge hit on the quarterback there in the end zone. And really, he, he was finally able to kind of showcase what he can do. Um, so I, I thought that was definitely impressive. Um, you also saw him against the run there, Max Borgie, uh, first and goal at the one-yard line. He actually took that left guard, uh, Jarrett Kingston, drove him back into the backfield, able to get that arm free and, and drop Borgie for no game. Did a really good job using his length. Look, he's 6'4", 250 pounds, um, and you know he could probably add some weight. If you needed him to, but I really just want to see that explosiveness and that speed coming off the edge uh, because the guy behind him is really on his heels and a guy that just has that sprinter speed and you you just, you can't teach speed, especially as an edge rusher coming off, off the corner. And that's Adam Anderson out of Georgia, 6'5", 230 pounds, the junior look, 13 tackles per loss, 11 sacks in his career. Three sacks through three games there at Georgia, and what I just love about what Adam Anderson does is, I mean, this guy will be in a sprinter stance and coming off the edge, four four-point stance, and just comes like a like a bat out of hell. Um, you know, able to to bend. Um, you know, one of the things that I thought was really impressive against Clemson too was, um, you know, left side of the line came around the edge, uh, uses hands on on, on Shipley. Uh, the running back, you know, tried to get over the block. Kept coming, chased down the quarterback, Dewey, uh, DJ Ui Angolole after just a three-yard gain. Um, you love his ability to keep working to the quarterback. You see the change of directions. Um, you know, that's one of the things. Pretty fluid as an athlete, the hips and uh, you know, not stiff at all. Um, and what you love is that, that just that explosiveness. And really, he's getting on that offensive tackle before he even knows what hit him. And then you watch the hands so quick with those moves, the slap and the rip. Um, you know, he'll, he'll pull those... Uh, those hands down to get the tackle off balance, and then just explodes into the backfield. Um, Adam Anderson, to me, when you're talking about a prototypical edge rusher, he's the guy that you want to watch. The big thing for me, though, is is he just a one-trick pony? Is he just the guy that that has those speed rush coming off the edge, or can he, uh, you know, really you know dominate against the run? Can he also uh, drop into coverage a little bit? Haven't seen a whole lot of that from him. Um, So that's one of the things that I'm looking for with Adam Anderson. But look, as far as that speed is concerned, it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, Nick Manito out of Oklahoma. 6'3", 240 pounds. A guy who, um, you know, 21 and a half tackles for loss, 15 sacks in his career, including nine last season. Uh, in 10 games, has six pass breakups as well. So he he knows how to drop into coverage. And he's one of those guys to me that has a chance to really take his his draft stock and elevate it to the next level. The defense um, there for Oklahoma, it's kind of a bend but don't break at times, but definitely a a team that... um, I think they showed last year that they were able to come on as the season went along and as long as they don't trip up or slip up, you know, that's really what you're waiting for is for this team to really put everything together and explode. Um, but Benito, um, you know, he's one of those guys, he's so explosive coming off the edge, able to dip underneath the, the, the tackle. Uh, tackles pad level, flatten out, get to the quarterback in a hurry. Um, you know, a guy who also just shows that effort, you know, against Tulane, uh, chase Michael Pratt, the quarterback there, the green wave, all the way to the perimeter. Uh, ultimately dope for, for uh, the quarterback who was ultimately able to shake off the tackle, but you just saw the effort. A guy that just never gave up on the play, and was continuing to pursue um, against Nebraska. You know, uh, did a good job getting up the field in a hurry against the running back, able to drop him in the open field. That's one of the things I thought was impressive. Then you you saw the the, the double, uh, the secondary move, took that running, the right tackle up the field, gets by the quarterback, then gets a spin move back inside, uh, nearly grabbed the quarterback looking to scramble his way. Pretty stout at the point of attack against the run. And when he was spying uh, Adrian Martinez, that was really where you, you saw some of that explosiveness. You know, he's spying him, spying him, spying him. And then, okay, he gets outside the pocket. I'm going downhill. and I'm chasing after the quarterback. And you just saw how quickly he could get on the quarterback and make a play. Um, you know, end of the game, 15 seconds left. He was spying the quarterback. on Winfrey forced the quarterback to flee. Then he closes in on, on Adrian Martinez for the sack, ultimately uh, second to last play of the game, which preserved OU's win there over Nebraska. Uh, I think Nick Benito is one of those guys. You know, Adam Anderson, I think the explosiveness, you can't teach that speed. But what Nick Benito has is he has more of a polished skill set, I think, than, than Adam Anderson does, or really what, what he's been able to showcase so far. So I, I think Nick Benito has a chance to really continue to move up draft boards. Uh, Amari Barno, 6'6", 245 pounds, the junior there for the Virginia Tech Hokies, number 11 um stand up primarily a stand-up defensive end there for the Hokies um what I loved was uh you know takes on the tight end block on a stretch play there by by Ty Chandler in the North Carolina game gets off the block chases down the running back to drop him for a two-yard loss on a run into the boundary his inside move you saw speed to power versus the left tackle then a spin back outside to get to the quarterback who's trying to step up in the pocket 18 seconds left in the first half, spying the quarterback on the boundary. Um, Sam Howell decides he's going to go ahead and pull and and run, and what you saw there was Barno closing in a hurry, arriving at Howell, then punching the ball free, which the ball ended up going out of bounds. They lost eight yards on that play. Um, And then the first play of the second half, spies Sam Howell uh, at the line line of scrimmage against the left tackle, comes off the block as Howell was rolling left, Nobody was open uh, down the field, so he was able to quickly get there, wrap him up, and take him down for a sack. You know, Barno, what I love about him, really going through all of that is you know he's stout against the run. He shows off the athleticism as well to uh, you know, fight off blocks and be able to get outside, chase down running backs, keep them in front of him. Um, you know, as well, keeping them behind the line of scrimmage, if at all possible. And then you see the bend uh, coming off the edge with the speed rush. You see the speed to power as well. There's some versatility to his game. To me, I'm just i I'm a big fan of Amari Barno and what he's able to bring to the table. Uh, Kingsley Enigbare is another guy there. South Carolina, 6'4", 260 pounds. Uh, a guy who pretty consistent in terms of his numbers. 19 and a half tackles for loss, 13 sacks. Uh, has two and a half sacks. Uh, through three games this year for the Gamecocks, and really when you have uh, Enigbare, he's a big dude, but he's playing really that that stand-up edge rusher there for for South Carolina. Um, you know, I don't remember seeing him really putting his hand in the dirt at all. He was really playing um, standing up. But one of the most impressive plays, um, he was just so explosive coming off the ball. His hips were already turning and were square, uh, you know, to the to the quarterback. Uh, just coming right off the edge as he's avoiding the cut block by the left tackle, Jamari Sawyer. And uh, had he had a little bit more time, all he would have had to do was explode to the quarterback and and really would have been able to punish, uh, you know, JT Daniels on that play. Very sudden push pull uh, to take the Sawyer up the field, push pull and then able to get straight to to JT Daniels there as well Um, the lateral move inside both left tackle and left guard able to drop the running back for just a three yard gain inside rush look he's not just the guy that's going to try to get around the corner off the edge he'll do those inside rushes um, you know and uses those hands to get off the block and get into the backfield and pressure quarterbacks. Um, You know, I think Enigbare is poised for really a breakout season this year. You know, obviously everyone's been talking about him and want to continue to see him elevate to the next level. I think double-digit sacks isn't out of the question. Uh, another guy, and look, I, I watched uh, Arnold uh, Ebiketti. I have mentioned him earlier, 6'3", 250 pounds. I thought maybe he might have to change up his game a little bit and uh, and be a 34 outside linebacker. He's starting to prove me wrong a little bit. I'm seeing a lot more explosiveness out of him, um, and it's making me reconsider things. You know, I, I thought with, with Brian Burns uh, that, you know, hey, just his lack of overall size, he put more size on him to ultimately be that, that uh edge rusher there in a 4-3 defense. But uh, with, with Arnold Epichetti, look, the, the Temple Owl uh, transfer, what I really love is is you see these arm, odor, uh, arm overs. You see the stutter, arm over, beats the, the left tackle, getting inside off the ball, so quick to the quarterback, forcing a lot of throwaways. So look, even though you're looking at the stats and like, hey, he only has one sack, one tackle for loss, you know, it's not very impressive. One of the things that was, was he was constantly in the backfield, constantly affecting uh, what was going on with the quarterback, forcing him to either step up into the pocket. You know, he was really running into the linebackers. That's really what you had was Ellis Brooks, Brandon Smith, uh, Jesse Lucchetta. You know, all those guys were having big games uh, for Penn State, and a lot of it was due to number 17 coming off the edge. Um, so a guy that I think is definitely should be on everybody's radar. Uh, moving to number seven. How about Peyton Wilson out of NC State? We get our first off-ball linebacker, 6'2", 240 pounds. And look, I know that he's out for the year now. Uh, season-ending injury, so he's not going to be playing moving forward. And I think that's probably going to solidify his status coming back to the Wolfpack. But look, this is a guy who has incredible instincts. Reminds me of Luke Keekley He's not the athlete that Luke Keekley. Uh, that Luke Keekly is but um, you know if you want to know where the football is going to be you follow number 11 and he's going to take you right there to the football Um, unfortunately with that season ending injury you know he's, he's likely going to be coming back to Raleigh and I'm sure that the Wolfpack definitely happy about that but look um you know, about him coming back, not the injury. Uh, but you look at, at 2020, 108 tackles, 11 and a half going for loss, three and a half sacks, two interceptions, uh, a guy who just has a nose for the football. And I really hope that he can return back to his form from 2020 because he's really a special player and a guy that I think deserves consideration in uh, you know day two of uh, likely the 2023 draft. Um, but we'll see, you know, there, there are stranger things that have happened. You know, he may get into the process, may recover a lot quicker. may decide that he wants to enter the draft. Uh, we've seen that happen with a lot of players over the years. So we'll have to kind of wait and see what happens there with Peyton Wilson. Uh, DeMarvion Overshone out of Texas. Look, 6'4", 217 pounds, a bit undersized, looks a lot like a safety. I mean, he's got 10 pass breakups in his career, three forced fumbles, nose for the football, three interceptions as well, 16.5 um, six and tackles for loss, three and a half sacks. So the guy plays all over the field. He reminds you a little bit of um, you know, really a taller version of Jeremiah Usu koromoa because you know he, he's able to do a little bit of everything, and looks like a, a, you know, a bulked-up safety a little bit. But uh, number zero is flying all over the place. We'll see him blitzing, shooting through a gaps, um, you know, run plays, uh, getting off blocks. And uh, you know, really, kind of that hybrid guy with that range and the versatility. That's really what I like about him—a quick twitch athlete. And that's really the the way that the that the game's going, the way of the future for that linebacker position. He'll be a guy that I think will be comfortably there on day two. Same with Terrell Bernard. Look, you know, you want to talk about guys who who had season-ending injuries. He uh, only was able to make it through five games there in 2020. But look, that 2019 season, what was a stellar season there for for the Baylor Bears with with Terrell Bernard. 112 tackles, nine and a half going for loss, four and a half sacks, a couple of pass breakups, three, four uh, fumble recoveries, one of which was returned for a touchdown. And really through through five games, he was a guy that I had on my radar. I actually had him in my top 10. 55 tackles through five games, six and a half going for loss, three and a half sacks, a playmaker has a nose for the football. Another guy who's a bit undersized, but you know, he has tremendous range, can play sideline to sideline, can play against the run, can play against the pass. You're gonna you see him filling holes as well. Really a three-down linebacker and a guy that I think should be in consideration um uh, you know as a as a late day two pick. Uh definitely a lot of fun to watch. Um two other guys, they're at that that outside linebacker position. How about Boye Mafia out of a, out of uh, Minnesota and Brenton Cox out of Florida. Uh, two guys that are that are bigger they're both six4 uh, Maffe's got a little bit of weight on him, uh, 265 to the Cox is 253 pounds Maffe look uh, you know, he's explosive you know I think that's one of the things you see uh, 10 sacks in his career including a couple so far through three games for the Golden Gophers. Um, you know what I worry about with him is is he a one-trick pony Is he a guy that's really just gonna get after the quarterback and that's really you know obviously there's a home for that. And, you know, I said at the beginning that, you you know, that's where a lot of that money is going to be made because if you get double-digit sacks, who cares? You know, I mean, if, if you're able to get to the quarterback, you get those double-digit sacks. You know, I mean, look, you know, Kabir Baja Biamila was a guy that came in and was really just that that uh, mercenary, the guy that you bring in on, on uh, passing downs and let him tee off on the quarterback. Um, but, you know, with Boye Mafe, he's got – incredible length, he's an incredible athlete, but what I worry about I think he probably, because of that athleticism, because of the traits, you hear traits talked about a lot Um, but I, I look at him could he be a day two pick? Sure, because of the athleticism. But I think in terms of the production, I probably would would likely want to spend a an early day three pick on on Boyamafe, at least right now. Um, you look at Brenton Cox, you know, another guy who just hasn't quite put everything together. Uh, you know, had ten, uh, 10 tackles for loss, three and a half sacks uh, last season for the Gators. I really think that he's he's showcasing. Um, the athleticism and his ability to get after the quarterback uh, much better this year. Um, really in that Alabama game, I thought he was a guy that, that stood out. He did get engulfed at times when he was going up against Evan Neal. So, I mean, you know, that, that obviously is to be expected with a guy of, of his stature and his size. But what I, I really like to see was... Um, He doesn't give up on his rushes. You know, there was one of those, you know, those plays where he's going up against Chris Owens. He tried to just lower his shoulder into the chest and try to to drive him back and then, you know, showcase a, a rip move. Stifled there, but didn't give up on the rush. Spun back to the inside and really hit Bryce Young hard for a sack as he was stepping up. Um... Also loved his ability showing rush, dropping to the middle of the field. And uh, you know that, that Bama loves those crossing routes. And uh, he gets into that throwing lane, read uh, Bryce Young's eyes, leaped for a near pick, just hit him in the hands. But uh, what I love is you know, with Brenton Cox this season is he's really showing much more versatility. I think he's showing some of that growth. And I'm really excited to see what he can do as the season progresses. Um, Christopher Allen, Alabama. 6'4", 253 uh, Look, I think everybody had him On the short list there for edge rushers uh, 13 tackles for loss 6 sacks uh, Last season for the Crimson Tide uh, Ends up with a, a season Ending knee injury And uh, you know, obviously out for the year um, He's one of those guys You hope that the the explosiveness He gets that back you know, that was one of the things that Dylan Moses really struggled to get his athleticism back after his knee tear. So I really hope for the best with Christopher Allen because he's one of those guys. Uh, you know, imagine Alabama next year with with Will Anderson and Christopher Allen collapsing the pocket from the edge. Uh, you know, at that outside linebacker position. Um, you know, so I, I hope you know, for a, a speedy recovery there for uh, for sure for Christopher Allen. Could he enter the draft? Sure. But, uh, you know, I think coming back to Bama would probably be the best choice, especially when you get to play with, uh, with number 31 there on the opposite side. I mentioned Jermaine Johnson earlier, 64 260 pounds. Um, you know, he played with his hand in the dirt at times there. Um, for the seminoles but also was a stand-up rusher as well and that's one of the things that i thought stood out to me was the versatility there um, I, I think that scheme scheme versatile definitely um, definitely something that's going to be you know exciting the georgia transfer I, I thought against notre dame he looked really solid you know, started his rush to the outside, loops back around to get to the quarterback, stepping up in the pocket, um, untouched, coming downhill against the run, showed that speed on, on the jet sweep, uh, gets up the field, drops uh, the receiver in the backfield. I love the length. Uh, you know, He plays really long, uh, and you really like to see that. Uh, took on the right tackle, Josh Lugg, um, able to beat that block to the inside, drop the running back for loss. Um, so not only is he able to rush the passer with some versatility, he's also able to, to drop the running back behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, good effort as well. Um, showed that you know, the rush to the outside, runs by the left tackle, takes on the left guard, beats the left guard back to the inside to get to the quarterback for the sack. Uh, so you see a guy who just continues to work, wants to keep getting after the quarterback, um, that high motor intensity, uh, something that's definitely going to bode well for his future as well. Uh, Georgia, I mentioned their linebackers. Nolan Smith, one of the better in terms of the, the outside linebackers, 6'3", 235 pounds. If you look at the stats, I mean, right now I pulled it. Uh, what's funny is is two and a half tackles for loss and two and a half sacks in each of, uh, of his three seasons there at Georgia um, currently so it's it's pretty funny there all, all the stats really kind of mirror each other but uh, I think this has been the best year for Nolan Smith you know, out of the gate uh, you know against Clemson you love to see that the physicality uh, on third down got his hands into the left tackle drove him back comes off of that that block and able to to drop dj uh there on a third down on on the opening drive um you know and against south carolina able to get outside get to the quarterback on on a qb run two plays later comes downhill in a hurry to drop the running back for no gain so his ability to get outside and then also come downhill against the run Wrapped up uh, Kevin Harris before he could get going. We know he's a big running back. Uh, When he gets ahead of steam, he's difficult to bring down. Nolan Smith dropping him behind the line of scrimmage before he could get going. Uses his hands to slap the left tackle's hands away. Speed rush coming very quickly with with that turn. Hits the quarterback there for a a sack fumble, which was recovered by Quay Walker. Another inside linebacker that we'll definitely have to keep an eye out for. I mentioned Merlin Robertson, you know, a guy, look, you know, 183 tackles in his career, has four interceptions, four pass breakups, four forced fumbles, always around the football. Um, Hasn't had a sack uh, since his his sophomore season. Um, Does have 15 tackles for loss. Um, I I just worry about him from an athletic standpoint. How athletic is he really? Um, He looks a little soft. Um, so he's one of those guys that you know, I have a question mark about. Brandon Smith out of Penn State, six-three, two-thirty-nine, a guy that can, I think can play inside or outside, has some of that scheme versatility that you like. But uh, a guy who I think you know he's showing incredible range and an ability to uh, you know play both the, the, the not only the pa- get after the passer, play against the run, but also drop into coverage. Um, you love his ability to, to read the plays in front of him, react quickly, uh, and get down. Uh, downhill and drop guys in the open field. One of the things that I thought was it was really impressive against Auburn. Bo Nix finds uh, John Samuel Schenker sitting down in the flat. Smith jumps the route, uh, dropped the pick. But you saw some of that the instincts there, and then you see the range as well on run plays, getting outside. So you see some of that fluidity. Keep an eye on number 12 there for Penn, for Penn State. He's the guy that I think could definitely be moving up draft boards. Jacoby McLean. Look, you know, 113 tackles in 2020, 191 in his career. A guy who had a 100 yard interception return for a touchdown in 2019. Uh, a nose for the football, 13 tackles for loss, three and a half sacks. Uh, he's undersized, so he's six foot, 219 pounds, but definitely a guy that. Um, Flies around to the football. Don't see him, you know, dropping into coverage quite as much as, as you'd like, especially in you know, with Auburn. They've got, uh, you know, the, the, the five defensive backs there, but uh, you know that's one of the things that's kind of a question mark for me. I know that Jacoby McLean has range playing sideline to sideline. I know he can come downhill against the run. Can he drop into coverage? That's really what I want to see more from with him. And then I mentioned Mitchell Mitchell Um, uh, you know, really burst onto the scene as a junior there as a as a JUCO transfer. Eight tackles for loss, two and a half sacks, and just seven games for the Bruins. So far this year, four forced fumbles. I think that's really what stands out to me is is a guy that just knows what to do when he arrives at the ball. Um, A guy that just continues to work hard, play hard. Um, There was a fourth and one play there against Fresno State. Got in a four-point stance. Got really low. uh, Able to get off the block. Meet Ronnie Rivers in the hole with that low pad level. Fired into him. Stood him up. Then the leg drive to keep him shy of the first down. So, you know, another guy, you know, he just has that nose for the football. He's instinctive. Keep an eye out for number 45 there for UCLA. He's the guy that I think as the season goes along, more and more people will be talking about him. Um, so those are the linebackers. You know, Mike Jones, you know, he, he's one of those guys, uh, you know, the son of the, the LA Ram. I'm sorry, I guess it was a St. Louis Ram. Uh, Mike Jones. And uh, the Super Bowl hero uh, for the Rams there against the Tennessee Titans, dropping uh, Kevin Dyson there at the one-yard line. But uh, Mike Jones, I think he struggled a little bit, you know, with that transition there to LSU, struggling to adjust. Um, So kind of a wait and see, keep an eye on him. And then uh, Kwoni Dang out of Cal, 6'6", 240 pounds, fluid athlete. Look, as a junior in 2019, 121 tackles, 7.5 for loss, had eight pass breakups, just incredible range. Uh, Didn't see, you know, had a a drop off there for for the Bears. Only played in four games. Kind of struggling to get things going for for, for the Golden Bears there in 2021. Uh, But definitely a guy that I I think has the athleticism to play at the next level. Um, Right now, just looking like a, a, a late day three pick potentially a prior priority free agent but you know definitely has that athleticism to really step up and be a guy to be talking about here later on so those are my outside linebackers to keep an eye on we're going to move on to the inside linebackers and look my number one Inside backer, he's playing outside linebacker. And, and honestly, I think he's a guy that would play inside at the next level. And that's Mike Rose out of Iowa State. 6'4, 250 pounds. Look, 276 tackles in his career, 38 and a half going for loss, six and a half sacks, six interceptions, including five in 2020. Uh, seven pass breakups as well. This guy can do a little bit of everything. He can drop into coverage. He can get after the quarterback when you need him to. Uh, makes a lot of plays. Makes a living behind the line of scrimmage. So instinctive. Like Peyton Wilson. If you want to know where the football is going to be, just follow Mike Rose and he'll take you to the football. Uh, Nicobe Dean out of Georgia. Six foot, 225 pounds. I'll tell you what. Watching him so far this season, I'm, I'm impressed. Um, I've gotten to see him play in a couple of games now and it just seems like, Anytime you're trying to watch anybody else there for Georgia, Georgia, you can't help but watch number 17 flying around to the football. You know, he's shooting through the through the A gap uh, you know, and and dropping uh, dropping running backs for loss. Uh, then he'll time his blitz, shooting through the B gap, runs through the, the, the right guard, bends to get to the quarterback for the sack. That was against Clemson. Gets out onto the perimeter versus uh, Will Shipley, who caught a pass, read the throw, drove on the pass, um, missed the tackle that's one of the things that that, that you do see um, did that a couple of times uh, Whipped in the in the backfield on a tackle you know, by Kobe Pace um, so he needs to clean that up a little bit but I'll tell you what man this is a guy that just he, he's he's instinctive he flies around to the football and um, he gets after the quarterback in, in, in uh, you know against the pass he can play the run has incredible range He's a guy to me that I think the draft stock is going to continue to rise. Pe- more people are going to be talking about him. Christian Harris, are out of Bama, 6'2", 232 pounds. Everyone was talking about him, hyping him up as the next great Alabama linebacker. And look, you know, he had 79 tackles, uh, seven, and, uh, 7 going for loss, 4.5 sacks, but... Um, you know what I d- haven't really seen is this guy's ability to drop and play in coverage. You know I've seen him play against the run, primarily downhill. You'll see him get outside, you know, at, at times and, and run guys down, show a little bit of range. But man, I, I just you know I worry about some of those Bama linebackers being able to drop into coverage. We saw that with Dylan Moses getting lost. Uh, Christian Harris I thought was exposed at times there uh, against Florida. You know getting caught inside as well on some of the runs to the perimeter. Um, you know, Christian Harris to me I, I think he has the athleticism he has the instincts but uh, I, I think he's kind of been underwhelming in my opinion so far in 2021 Devin Lloyd out of Utah 6'4", 235 pounds a guy that look he had six and a half sacks in 2019 um, you know, 91 tackles 11, 11 total tackles for loss uh, had an interception that he returned for a touchdown 60, uh, 64 yards um, you know only got to play in five games in 2020 was on his way to another stellar season, had double digit tackles for loss yet again. And through three games, 38 tackles, five tackles for loss and a sack. Uh, another guy who's definitely instinctive. You watch number zero and he just seems to be all over the field making plays. Um, I love the athleticism. I love his ability to get outside. You know, I think he can drop into coverage. That's one of the things that you definitely see out of, out of Devin Lloyd. And, and look, you know, the, the range is, is absolutely there, and I think he is versatile. You know He's a guy that plays inside there for the Utes. I think that's probably where his home is. But look, he can also move outside and play outside linebacker because he has the athleticism to be able to do that. Um, Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Week against Weber State, had 12 tackles, a forced fumble, and an interception in that game. Um, you, know, you watched him against BYU, and you watched him chase down um, – You know, Tyler Algier uh, down from the backside, only a two-yard game. This was a guy that definitely gets north and south and uh, gets there in a hurry. And you you loved seeing the athleticism, being able to chase him down from behind. Um, One of the things that he does struggle with, though, is getting off blocks. he let that offensive lineman get into his body too much and uh, struggles to get off some of those blocks. But if you allow him to play in space, man, Devin Lloyd, a lot of fun to watch. Uh, Owen Papo is another one you know, out of Auburn, 6'1", 226 pounds, you know, a guy that uh, is, has tremendous range. Uh, he's a thumper, a guy that's going to come up and hit you, had 93 tackles a season ago, six tackles for loss, four sacks, a uh, you know, guy that just flies around to the football. That's one of the things that you expect to see from an Auburn linebacker is guys flying to the football, and Owen Papo can absolutely do that, has the range playing sideline to sideline. Leo Chanel out of Wisconsin, 6'2", 250 pounds. Look, Leo Chanel hasn't seen the field yet, had the COVID, positive COVID test, sat out the first couple of games there for the Badgers, and look, Wisconsin could have used them uh, against Penn State. to get him back in time for Notre Dame watch him fly around to the football he's their most athletic and playmaking uh linebacker on the team and that's with jack sanborn on the roster as well a guy that we're going to talk about right after after this um but definitely a guy that i know that the badger fans are excited to have with jack sanborn 6 236 pounds a guy that's been there four years in, in madison 145 tackles look you know 16 going for loss seven and a half sacks four interceptions, four pass breakups, three forced fumbles, a guy that does just a little bit of everything. And uh, he's not the, the tremendous athlete um, and probably going to be a mid-day three pick. But look, Wisconsin linebackers are intelligent. They can make plays all over the field. And what I love about him is he does a really good job you know, with his blitzes, times them well. Um, you see him on stunts, looping around, um, showing good speed, running by by the offensive lineman, flattening out, getting to the quarterback. Um, you know, against Penn State, uh, Kevon Lee tried to reverse field back to, to Sanborn's side. He was able to get outside, staying at home, drop the running back in the open field for a loss. Later on in that game, shot through the A-gap, hit Lee in the backfield just after the handoff, timed the, the, you know, his, his run up the middle with that blitz. Uh, Lee was able to spin away for two yards, but he was the one that disrupted, really made the play there on that run. Um, you know, and then third and three downhill, gets to the B gap, uh, going to his right, able to drop the running back, meet him in the hole, stop him for no gain. Uh, just the instincts, his ability to, to drop into coverage. You know, he can be a three down linebacker. The problem is, is the athleticism. He's just an average athlete uh, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, but definitely a guy to be on everybody's radar. Um, Henry To'o out of Alabama, 6'2", 225 pounds. Look, um, you know, in his first two seasons there with the Tennessee Volunteers, 140 tackles, 12 and a half going for loss, four pass breakups and an interception. Um, he's been the, the leading tackler there for Bama. Um, shows tremendous range. I think he plays out of position at times, though. I, I think that kind of gets him into trouble. Um, you know, and, and a guy that... Um, I think he's, he's a decent athlete, but I don't see anybody that, that screams, you know, a guy that has tremendous range yet to make a tackle behind the line of scrimmage for, for Bama just yet. Um, you know, I I think Bama part of their struggles, you know, has been, you know, just the ineffectiveness of the, the inside linebackers, you know, I think their secondary as well has been exposed at times, but I think, you know, I'm really expecting to see Toto and Christian Harris step up their game. If Bama, um, wants to get out of the sec unscathed nate lambin out of colorado this dude man you want to find a middle linebacker look no further than nate lambin 6'3, 235 pounds 311 tackles in his career 41 goings for loss also has 10 sacks three interceptions 10 pass breakups three score fumbles he's been there four years it you know, was in or i'm sorry five years Injured in 2020, only got to play in five games. Off to just a, a tremendous season there. And through those five games, 53 tackles, nine going for loss, four sacks. And look, you know, prior to that had doubled uh, I'm sorry, uh, over 100 tackles in each of those seasons. 23 tackles for loss and six sacks, you know, six pass breakups during that time as well. And this is a guy. Look, you, know, you watched him play uh, against um, Texas A&M, and he looked like he belonged. You know, in the SEC as as a linebacker, you know, and I think that's a compliment to the athleticism. He's a guy that people aren't talking about so much, but you know, the intelligence you see that out there, high football IQ. He trusts his eyes. He was a step slow at times, so you do worry about the athleticism a little bit. But man, this guy he'll fill holes downhill in a hurry. He'll drop into coverage, flows well to the football. Um, There was one play where where he forced. forced the the Aggie quarterback to throw behind his receiver. Um, And, uh, you know, Lambin was able to go ahead and pick it off. He'll blitz late coming downhill, hits the quarterback as he throws. Quarterback rolls out, chases him all the way to the perimeter and trips up the quarterback. Uh, You know, that's one of the things that you see is just tremendous effort. Does a great job reading the quarterback's eyes. He's a sure tackler in the open field. Uh, Nate Lambin, to me, is a guy, he's going to make an NFL roster. I wouldn't be surprised if, if he isn't starting at some point in his, in his NFL career. Quay Walker, Georgia, 6'4", 240 pounds. Look, this is another one of, of those Georgia linebackers. I mean, you know, that's one of the things that you just, you, what can you say about Georgia and the linebackers right now? You, there's just so many of them. We could talk about Channing Tyndall as well. Um, you know, but, but Quay Walker, uh, number seven, uh, lines up on the right side as the right inside linebacker a run play with Marshawn Lloyd going to the wide side away from him and Joe the speed to chase him down all the way to the sideline for only a three yard gain. Tremendous speed tremendous effort and that's the thing that you love about the Georgia linebackers is they just play with their hair on fire um, high motor guys excellent athleticism as well and speed um, a lot of fun to watch Ventrell Miller I think it's worth mentioning look he tore his biceps Florida without him but um, another guy who is tremendously athletic, a guy that can play all over the field, 164 tackles, 15 going for loss, seven and a half sacks, uh, five pass breakups in his career here with Georgia. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Ventrell Miller decides to come back to Gainesville for another season. We could see him enter the draft, but um, you know I'd love to see him come back for one more year and really solidify his draft stock. A uh, couple of Penn State linebackers to mention. Mention that they also have a stable of linebackers. Ellis Brooks and, and Jesse Lucchetta. Um, you know, Brooks, 6'1", 235 pounds. Um, you know, a guy that, look, twelve and a half tackles for loss, five and a half sacks in his career, 148 tackles. Um, you know, what stands out with Brooks, um, to me... Uh, is just the, the versatility to his game, you know, and that's one of the things that I thought definitely st- stood out in that Wisconsin game. Being able to drop into coverage in the red zone gets depth on a slant. Graham Mertz stares down the receiver. The uh, ball was thrown too far out in front, you know, for an incomplete pass. Um, thought he did a really good job of uh, of getting into coverage and, and getting that depth to, to force um, you know force that throw away. Uh, squeezed. Uh, the tight end Jake Ferguson on a route on the next play third down to the outside tried to run a nod route uh, nod to the outside and it takes it upfield uh, quarterback tried to fit it in beyond uh, Ellis Brooks who, who had inside position ball fell incomplete um, does a good job wrapping up in the open field that's one of the things that I definitely saw um, you know, one of the things that that you saw against Auburn rushing, going through the A-gap to flush Bo Nix, showed that ability to change direction to get back outside to attract the quarterback. Not fluid enough to get to the quarterback. So, I mean, there is some stiffness in his hips. But what you really loved was he, he shoots through the A-gap. And then when, when Nicks tried to, to get outside, you saw some pretty decent change of direction skills to continue that path and get after the quarterback and ultimately force a, a throw away. And then with Jesse Lucchetta, he's more of that athlete. You know, 6'3", 251 pounds, uh, a, a guy who has six pass breakups in his career. So definitely a guy that uh, you look forward to drop into coverage. Um, and a guy who just has tremendous range, he's the athlete of the group. You know, when you think of like o- Odafe Owe, the, the most recent example of those athlete, those athletic linebackers, uh, Jesse Lucchetta, I think he can play outside, I think he can play inside. Uh, just really a, a, a lot of fun to watch at that linebacker position. Micah McFadden, a guy that I mentioned before, 6'2, 232 pounds, 24 and a half tackles for loss, eight and a half sacks, four interceptions in his career. A guy who Um, look I mentioned it before he's the heart and soul of that uh, Hoosier defense and uh, a guy that got you was getting into Desmond Ritter's face um, blitzing coming downhill Um, there was one play where he hit Ritter as he was throwing the football ended up going off tight ends hand and uh, Marcelino McCrary ball was able to pick off the pass Um, you know just a a guy who's instinctive he plays around the football not the best athlete in the world, but, uh, you know, look, number 47 is definitely a guy that I-, I can really see playing at the next level. Um, Edifuan uh, Olofosio there for Washington. Look, 6'1", 239 pounds. I-, I think this is his year to finally break out you know, and, and-, and really step up. You know, I thought he had a great game there against Michigan. 13 tackles, one going for loss. He's just going to continue to develop there at that linebacker position. And look, the Huskies need him to do that. You know, with uh, Zion uh, Tupaolo Fatui uh, out for the year, you need to have uh, you know, some playmakers there at that linebacker position. And I think Olofosho is, is definitely a guy to keep an eye on. One, uh, Two final guys to keep an eye out for. Aaron Hansford out of Texas A&M 6'3", 240 pounds actually played a you know, receiver uh, his first year with the Aggies transitions to that linebacker position I think you know he's continuing to develop but definitely a guy that's continuing to get better and better and then Another LSU linebacker who has incredible athleticism, and that's Damone Clark. 6'3, 245 pounds, a guy who has tremendous range. I think he can keep up with the running backs and the tight ends. I'm just looking to see him have a breakout year. Uh, look, you know, in through three games for the Tigers, 26 tackles. Uh, always seems to be around the football. I think this is his year to really step up and showcase his ability to play the run, get after the quarterback a little bit, and then drop into coverage uh, because we've already seen some of that range and that ability. Uh, you know, look, had 63 tackles last year through nine games. Definitely a guy to keep an eye out for uh, for LSU moving forward in SEC play. So those are the linebackers. Really, as I see it right now, I think there's a lot of room for movement. Um, There's some guys that are definitely impressing and some guys that you're really waiting for to break out. And, um, you know, hopefully we'll be able to to really see some some stellar play here as we head into October. Um, Obviously, we get into conference play, and that's really where we start talking about some of these different matchups. And and that's one of the things that I know I'm definitely excited for. I'm really looking forward to seeing – Seeing us get into conference play and really be able to see some of these different matchups, you know, it could very well be Michigan's year uh, to finally uh, beat Ohio state. Ohio state does look a little vulnerable. Uh, really want to see Zach Harrison take that next level. A lot of people have him in their first round in their mock drafts. I still don't see it. I don't see the production. That's really what's worrying me uh, this weekend uh george is going to have an easy time there. going to vanderbilt um you have the number 12 irish heading uh to soldier field to take on the wisconsin badgers 18th in the country wisconsin's got to get that offense going if they want to beat notre dame Uh, but defensively i think they'll give some problems kyron williams i think will end up being the answer there Um, i mentioned um, zay flowers when we talked about the receivers The hands were really the biggest thing that concerned me, but man, you watch his routes. He really does a great job setting up the the defensive back, getting him to open up his hips, especially on those in-breaking routes, open those hips to the outside and then putting his foot in the ground so sudden coming back to the inside. Um, You know, we'll see him against Missouri. They've got a couple of bigger corners and Allie Green, the fourth, and uh, Caleb Evans coming over from Tulsa. Um, So be interesting to see what that looks like in terms of that matchup um uh, as we continue working through things, um let's see we've got uh, AM taking on Arkansas. you know, I'll be interested to, to see um, you know that, that defense it's an improving defense there um for, for Sam Pittman and the Arkansas Razorbacks you know they'll be playing. Um, at AT&T Stadium, Arlington, Texas. Really want to see Traylon Burks—a showcase game for him there against the Aggies. Um, that's going to be fun to watch. Uh, Clemson taking on NC State. Obviously, we're not going to be seeing Peyton Wilson running around there, but I think that game is going to be a lot closer. Clemson—you know—they they really need a guy to kind of get things into gear. Um, Iowa State. Look, they're still ranked number 14 in the country, even after that loss to Iowa. Um, taking on Baylor, um, really just want to see, you know, tune into that game to watch Terrell Bernard play. Um, I, I think he's worth um, tuning in and watching a little bit there. Um, you know, Purdue and George Carloft is taking on Illinois. They're in ross Aid Stadium there in West Lafayette in uh, Illinois. Um, we continue working through the schedule. UCLA at Stanford, the number 24-ranked Bruins playing in Stanford Stadium um, you know I want to really see that physicality you know UCLA had that heartbreaker against Fresno State can they rebound I'm looking for big things out of both Charbonnet and Britton Brown Greg Dulcich the tight end let's get him involved early and often and I really want to focus on on Sean Ryan that left tackle and see what he can do there see if he can open up some holes especially going up against th- uh, Thomas Booker the guy who I think has a chance to end up being um, an early day th- day three pick there for the Stanford Cardinal up front. Um, Michigan State, number 20 ranked Spartans are going up against Nebraska. Nebraska did a decent job there against Oklahoma. Um, you know, I thought Adrian Martinez, that was his best game that I've seen him play in a long time. Um, I still think you know, as long as Kenneth Walker stays healthy, Michigan State is going to be tough to beat. Um, Kansas State against Oklahoma State, um, you know, that's going to be another fun game to watch. Battle of the Unbeatens. Um, you know, the, the running game there for Oklahoma State. Um, you know, who's going to be the guy, though, to really put pressure on the quarterback? It's going to be Tyler Lacey there for the Cowboys. Um, I, I think Kansas State's going to have a little bit too much uh, on the ground, especially with Deuce Vaughn. Um, Alabama going to have a field day there at home against so- uh, Southern Miss. OU, though, um, it, it's, it's a later game there in Norman, 6.30 local time. Uh, number four ranked Sooners taking on West Virginia. That's going to be an interesting game. You're gonna have the likes of Kennedy Brooks and Eric Green, uh, Eric Gray going up against Letty Brown, the, the running backs there. And uh, you know, I, I think OU, this is gonna be a statement game for them. I, I think if you see Spencer Rattler step up, you really want to see Nick Benito and uh, Perion Winfrey, Isaiah Thomas, a lot of the people, a lot of the players that people are talking about, David Ogwebu, a lot of people have him, they're high on him for this year's draft. I just haven't seen enough production out of him to really warrant putting him into my, my rankings. Um, you know, but we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens. You know, I, I think they're they're poised for a big game, and uh, really looking forward to seeing what can happen there. Um, Washington, you know, they've they've struggled so far this year. They're going up against Cal. That could be a rebound game there for the Huskies. Tune in, watch. Uh, Jackson Kirkland, can he rebound? Uh, you know, I, I think you know that Michigan game really kind of rattled him a little bit. Um, you've got Cade Otten, the tight end. You got a couple of really good corners and, and Trent McDuffie and Kyler Gordon. Um, I, I think Washington runs away with that game They're in Seattle. Um, Oregon taking on Arizona. Arizona's really struggling. I think that's a game for Oregon to really uh, you know, if Kayvon Thibodeau is playing, you know, he he could end up having a, a huge game. Uh, USC at home against Oregon State. Uh, Oregon State has some nice linebackers. You know, they've got uh, Avery Roberts, Omar Spates. Those are a couple of guys to really keep an eye out for there. I, I think USC will end up having a little bit too much firepower as long as you know, Keaton Slovis can look a lot like Jackson Dart. I mean, Jackson Dart, obviously the torn meniscus, he's out. Uh, Keaton Slovis coming back. Um, Keaton just – he needs to get rid of the ball quicker he holds on to the ball way too long and that was the thing that you appreciated about jackson dart was he was very decisive the ball was out of his hands very quickly and uh, was spreading the ball around wasn't just staring down one receiver so it'll be interesting to see what happens look washington state also played a lot of man coverage against jackson dart Um, they weren't dropping into zone like a lot of the teams like to do and that's really where a lot of the troubles are with graham harrell's uh air raid offense so USC late game there at the Coliseum, and then finally ASU going up against Colorado. Going to get to see Nate Lambin go up against uh, Jaden Daniels, and then obviously Arizona uh, Merlin Robertson and Damian Butler. I didn't mention him, but he's definitely a solid, uh, solid linebacker in his own right. Uh, number twenty there for the Sun Devils. They'll go up against a pair of running backs, um, you know, Jarek Bernard and I'm sorry, uh, Jarek Broussard. And uh, Alex Fontenot, you know, I think that's really where Colorado, if they want to, they've got to play sound defense and run the football, ball control there against that, that high powered offense for the Sun Devils. Watch out for, uh, for, for Rashad White in that game. So that's really what to expect. This weekend, Um, I'm going to try to get a podcast out here in the next couple of days. We'll talk about the defensive backs, the corners, the safeties. There's more to this class than just Derek Stingley and Kyle Hamilton. I promise we'll get through all of that as well. So until next time, enjoy your weekend, everyone. Enjoy a weekend of college football and obviously the NFL on Sunday and Monday. And until next time, for readyforthegraft.com, this has been the Ready for the Graft podcast. I've been your host, Greg Schutz. Stay safe, everyone. Take care. And until next time, I am out of here.